Uh, let me ask you, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Uh, I had kind of like a taco, like a breakfast taco. <laughs> Tacos. I love it. <laughs> I know. It's actually oddly what I had for lunch as well. <laughs> Leftovers or new ones? <laughs> no, I made, I made chicken tacos for lunch. It was the taco day at the McQuiston household. Hi, I'm Tim. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast of stories of ordinary people welcoming change into their life. Sometimes that change is our own doing. Sometimes that change barrels into our lives, whether we like it or not. This isn't a three-minute interview that you see in your favorite late-night talk show. We're going deep here. We're going deep into who we are and how we grow. And we're often asking questions that my guests have not been asked before. The goal is simple. We can learn from each other. We're not perfect. We're not alone. We're only human. Today, I'm joined by Liz McQuiston. She's a mother, daughter, a wife, entrepreneur, owner of Willa, which is a lifestyle store in Seattle, Washington, and also the founder of QA Marketplace, which is a collaborative retail space also in Seattle, home to 10 women-owned businesses. And you were saying earlier, Liz, long time no see, we met at Big Omaha, the yes. conference that used to happen in Omaha every May or so. I I was just looking. I You sent me a picture when we were there in 2014 because you knew Ben the Bachelor and then we were all hanging out. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know if we actually met in 2011. So sometime in those yes. three years. I think it was 2011. I think it was early. I think it was probably on my first Big Omaha that we met and then obviously had many memorable Omahas after that. Yeah, I remember at the time I had seen The Bachelor and I I don't remember how you knew Ben and it was yes. the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> well, I actually, I met Ben at his winery on um, a girl's trip and all That's of my girlfriends right. had all, um, they had watched the show religiously and I was never a Bachelor fan. I just never watched the show. So I was like, what is the hoopla with this guy? And he and I um, just hilariously had lived some of the same life experiences and we just became um, best friends. So he's still, now he and my husband are friends and he's my kid's <laughs> uncle. He's just part of the family oh now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's amazing how things turn out that way. Like the totally. people you meet in life can be totally life-changing. Totally. Yeah. You you go to his winery thinking you're going to get a great rosé and you end up with the bestie. <laughs> I feel like there's a t-shirt there. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It's <laughs> a good idea. You mentioned the life experiences. I remember, I remember so vividly, I don't remember where we were, but when we first met, somehow you and I were talking and you were telling me the story of how your son was born and like how you were in a band. And um, I think you sang, right? I did. Yeah. And then a you were- A million moons ago. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but and yes. I think you were, you and the guitarist, you know, were in a relationship mm -hmm. and then your son was born and then eventually, mm -hmm. you know, you and the guitarist were no longer in a relationship. Yep. And I remember hearing this. So this is, I think this was 2011 because my son was about a year old at the time. And I think mm -hmm. you were a few years, your son yep. was a few years ahead of mine. Yep. He was three. Yeah. Okay. And I remember like you were telling me this and I was thinking to myself- because I, so my ex and I, we had our kids about the same. I think you had your son when you were, you were 25. I had mm -hmm. my son when I was about 25. So yeah. I'm listening to your story, Liz, and I'm thinking, well, first of all, oh my God, I, I didn't know other people had a similar story. Totally. And second of all, I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad you're telling me this because I just feel this like comfort. Yeah. And I'll, I'll never forget that because ever since then. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And ever since then, I've just like not I hate saying watched I mean social media lets us like oh, it's so creepy but it's totally minds. what it is yes we yeah. watch each other <laughs> yeah yeah and I've just you know over the years I've been like she is so inspirational like just watching oh. you and everything you've done and just knowing like your origin and not that Thank it's like you. a bad origin but just that it's such a similar origin to like I said to me becoming a parent um well first of all I just want to say you are amazing so I'm gonna oh start my there. god thank you <laughs> Everything you've done, I mean, I, I rattled off at the beginning all the entrepreneurial things you're up to, but as you said, you know, mom of two and um, 
That's the biggest one. That's my my very biggest, my most my most proud of job is is momming for sure. And it's funny that you say just about like kind of the origin that it all started. Um, I talk frequently to people, I think because when you meet people, um, particularly with, you know, like a 10 year old, like Kellen's now 11 and a half, you just assume, especially um, people we meet now that have known my husband and I forever, um, or not forever, but we've been together for nine and a half years. And so they'll meet us and they just assume like that, you know, Kellen is our child. And so after we get to know people, when they learn more about our story and um, where kind of we started and um, that Paul met Kellen when um, he was two and that when he was five, he adopted. It was actually important for Paul to adopt my son before he married me because he wanted Kellen to know it was, um, you know, it was not about just kind of getting Kellen with a marriage, but that he really was choosing Kellen. Um, it's, it's been really cool to meet people throughout, you know, time and, um, and share our story so openly because it touches different people, you know, differently, whether or not you've been through an adoption or you've had a, you know, a breakup or, um, you have kids out of wedlock or you're like a child when you have your own kid, you know, um, it's kind of cool just how it all, how it all turns out and how we all grow each other up. That is so sweet of your husband. And that's that's the other thing I saw. So like, um, was it last year? I love hype. Yeah. <laughs> time, time with COVID flies by. But last year, oh, yeah, um, last year is when I got divorced. But leading up to that, I remember when like thinking about this process, one of the big things that was kind of, you know, over our heads was this definition of family, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's a conventional definition of family. And I remember, you know, thinking about people I knew who had, you know, what you might say is an un or a newly redefined definition of family. And I remember thinking about you and you just mentioned your husband and how, you know, you two had another child together, Mm -hmm. um, who has the most adorable name, by the way, Willa Willa. is the cutest. Thank (laughs) you. I named her after my dad. Oh, but I remember looking, you know, and just thinking, it was strength for me, Liz. I remember thinking, just like that first time that you had told me about you know your story, but then as going through this, thinking, oh my gosh, she has figured out the redefinition of family, and you know, for her and her husband and the family, you know, extended family mm-hmm. and all of that, and it's possible. Totally. So, I, like what you just said, I'm so happy that you have like been so uh, willing to share and like shine a light on that because now someone you know and now a redefined family yeah I think it's so important because it's so like frowned upon like oh Which my is gosh so crazy as well because it shouldn't like this sounds so cheesy but YOLO is such an overused like dumb statement but it's the most accurate way to describe like this life that we live and you only get to do it this one time. So being unhappy or whatever it is, or like, you know, the cards that you're dealt, however they are, like if you're not really like optimizing every piece of it, like what the heck are you doing? And if you're unhappy or you have to redefine kind of what your family looks like, the most important thing is that you're super happy doing it. Um, And I think I actually talked to my grandma um, she just turned 80 and um she was talking about how she and my grandfather both turned 80 in the same month and i was like gosh like isn't that cute yeah Um, and i was like you know what is like your what's one like piece of wisdom or like a token of something that you could give me for my life and she was like when i met your grandfather i was 40 years old and i was thinking i was in a she had been married before and she wasn't happy. And she was like, I was just sticking in this relationship because it was like, you know, I'm 40, we have kids. I'm just going to kind of plod along. And she was like, and then I met your grandpa. And she was like, who would have thought that that same amount of time I had lived, I was going to get to live again with this person that I loved <gasps> so much. And I was like, whoa, that's totally true. And she was oh like, you gosh. just don't take these, like your, your life for granted, basically. If you're not living one that you're so, so happy in, change it. And I was like, oh. What a what a great thing! I mean, not that I'm gonna like divorce my husband. <laughs> no, but <laughs> but, but for, in other aspects of life, I was like, oh my god, when you're 40, you're just like you're not even halfway there in a lot of cases. Like you still have all of this time to like to to live. I don't. That has nothing to do with parenting. I mean, kind of. But to what you were saying, like you know, redefining anything that you're doing. I feel like as long as you do it with like you know joy and passion for what the place you're in, like that's kind of all you can do. 
That is the most amazing advice your grandmother could have possibly shared, like knocking it out of the park. Yes. Oh my gosh. I was like, I will take that with me, (laughs) (laughs) ma'am. So at the end of last year, I think it was, Mm -hmm. you had this post on Instagram that just kind of stopped me in my tracks and in a good way. You wrote, it was like a reflection post. You wrote, in reflecting over this decade, I wish I could tell 27-year-old Liz how things would unfold, Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't be a single mom forever, that I wasn't unfixable, that I would meet the love of my life, that he would be the best dad to my boy and my future daughter, that I would love my job, that the friends that I'm so fortunate to share life with would be more than friends. They would be my family. And I just thought, what a beautiful thing to write and to write kind of back to yourself. Did that? Thank you. Yeah. You wrote one of the, one of the pieces in there that really struck me was you wrote, you wanted to remind yourself that you weren't unfixable. Mm -hmm. What did you feel that there was something that might be unfixable? Yeah, I think, um, I, I, I grew up in a very religious um, family, and I think having a child out of wedlock, like regardless, is like a big no-no in my in my with my background. Um, and I think kind of every mistake. I think I've always been very hard on myself anyway about like you know in school getting good grades, or I'd never graduated from college, and that was something I used to totally beat myself up about. Like you know, am I good enough to be getting a certain job, or am I, am I like is my fake it till you make it? Am I just like basically like faking this whole thing? And then I got pregnant, and I was like, oh my god, you're screwing up again, Liz. And all of these things that I used to think were. I mean, I was kind of my own worst enemy in the sense that I just was never, I never felt like I was good enough to, um, to succeed really. Um, and I think actually having my son was one of the biggest things that really changed that is I thought like any, it didn't matter what he did. He was always, I actually joke with other parents about how you always think that your child is like so advanced, like they'll do (laughs) anything. And you're like, no child has ever read a book this early, this quickly, this great. (laughs) Like he's, he's doing the monkey bars. He must be the, you know, the best monkey bar doer that has ever been three years old. Like this is, and I, I would watch him doing, do things. And I would think like, oh my gosh, I I need to think like that about myself. Like you're the first person that's doing whatever you're doing. You know, you should um, be proud of of your own things the same way that you're proud of him Um, for no other reason. than that's like what I want him to to feel like that's the role model I want to be for him. Um, And I, I think even just that in itself really changed my attitude towards life. Um, and then I met my husband and and he was a huge part of that. He wasn't like, oh my God, you're a single mom and you're 27. I met him when I was 27 and, um, he wasn't like, oh, gross, you know, you have stretch marks and you've already done all this stuff once and you're like ruined. He was like, you're so awesome. I would love to share a life with you. And I think with each little step like that, it was like a booster to be like, okay, I am maybe I am okay. Like, maybe I'm pretty cool. Like, I like myself again. Um, And it was a pretty novel thing because I think for a long time I didn't, like, believe that. And, um, you know, it's always a process, I guess. But uh, there was – there's something about, like, a decade, I think, that makes you, like, reflect. Like – and I think the huge – part of that really was, like, sitting down and going, like, oh, shit. Like, am I – I don't know if I'm supposed to say sorry that I said – Shit. Oh, that's totally okay. fine. <laughs> I was like, do we have like FCC rules or something? It's the wild west of podcasting. <laughs> wild. Um, but yeah, I was just like, wait a minute. Like, this has turned out so much better than I could have anticipated. And how, like, it, it was almost like a surprising thing. But very, like, very humbling, I guess, just to be like, all right, we did it. Or we're doing it. Yeah. And I guess at the time you wrote it, I mean, looking back at a decade and looking at how much your life had evolved over that time, oh and how God. much, you know, new people got introduced to it, both your daughter and then your husband, you know, yes. not in that order. But right. um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I could see where a decade w- would really have kind of maybe just 
caused you to pause. Yeah. Well, and I think I even did that with work for a while. Like when I met you and I was doing, um, you know, tackling the tech industry, which is so not me. Um, I'm such like a hands-on, um, like I, I like slow business and like I had to just download Chrome just to get on this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) I'm like so low tech and like hippie chill. And I think for a while I was like, ooh, this is like, this is part of being successful is like doing this thing and founding a company and whatever. And I found myself in this place where I was like, oh, I'm getting so far away from, from me. Um, which has been another piece of like this kind of 10 year reflection um, was pulling out of the things that weren't like really making me happy. And regardless of if it was making me feel successful or not, I found that I was happiest, like slowing down, taking a step back, not worrying about getting rich, but by just, you know, walking into my tiny little store and making um, other people's dreams happen. And that fueled my own kind of dream. Um, it, uh, yeah, I don't even know where I was going with that, but. <laughs> no, I can totally relate. I, I mean, it explains so much now of why you're doing like, you know, local entrepreneurship in your community and like totally supporting local. Mm-hmm. What, so you, prior to, to the story of now, you had bought, I think, an existing store that like the owner was done with or something and you yep. kind of like brought it back to life. So yes. that was kind of, was that when you sort of decided tech's not what I'm looking for? And For me, yeah. Yeah. What what inspired you to, I just think in my head, this is where, again, you're an inspiration. Like, I think, I don't think I could walk down the street, see a store and be like, I'm going to do that. Like, and just, and just go after it. And you, you yes. did. So I'm curious, like, where did you even find the I have the vision? no idea. Like, we, t- we talk about this all the time. We were actually um, interviewed by like a local magazine about kind of how this all came about. And my husband and I laughed because we had just um, seen that movie with Matt Damon. I think um, we bought a zoo. Did you ever see that? Oh, yes. I remember that. We saw it with like with the kids. Um, Yeah. But he is going through this like life change and then he like buys this zoo and you know it's just all about the experience of whatever and that's kind of we had just had willa um she was and i kind of stepped out of tech when i was pregnant just thinking i'm gonna have two kids um with kellen i didn't have the opportunity with my oldest i didn't have the opportunity to ever stop working um even for like a minute because i was a single mom and i was doing all i could just to like you know keep us kind of afloat and um with you know a spouse and a very supportive spouse he was like you know do this one differently like take take just don't don't work besides just momming like throw that's your favorite thing in life just throw your whole whole self into it And um, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. This is so awesome. And that lasted like three months before I was like, I'm such a busy human being mentally that I was like, I can't just do that. Like I need to, I'm, I like to work. I like to interact with grownups. Like I love my kids so dearly, but, uh uh-oh, sorry, I'm getting a phone call. Um, But I was like, can you hear it when that goes on? Oh yeah. I love that ringtone. Oh God. (laughs) See, I'm such a dork. <laughs> uh, um, I've never changed my ringtone. Just what a nerd. Um, so, uh, yeah, we one day I was walking by just with my newborn to this little kid's store. And um, they were like, oh, yeah, it's going to be sh- such a shame when we sell it. And I was like, what do you mean you're going to sell this store? It's a staple in our community. We have... Um, I live in this little neighborhood in Seattle that has just one kind of main strip that has like all of your little shops and, and such. And, um, and there aren't, there's just one kid's store. And I was like, you can't close the store. Otherwise, where are we going to go for birthday gifts and whatever? And she was like, well, do you want to buy it? And she kind of was joking. And I was like, yeah, maybe. And I got her card and continued my walk. And by the time I got home, Paul was like, when he describes it, he's like, you were like a bat out of hell. I was like, guess what? We're buying this children's store. Here's what we're going to do. It's we're going to, I'm going to be part of this community and we're keeping small business alive and women owned businesses. And he was like, oh my God, Liz, like 
okay, can't wait to buy the store. Talk to you tomorrow when you have your next idea. Um, but by the end of that night, I, um, and I still remember Willie used to sleep on my chest. She was like three months old, just laying on my chest and I had my laptop out. And by, you know, 2 AM when I went to bed, I like knew the entire background of these people who owned the business, the building that they were in. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. I don't know how to turn off notification sounds because I'm a gran. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but anyway, um, we had everything, uh, I had everything planned. I was like, I'm, I'm going to do this. And the next day he was like, if you're, if you're in, I mean, I'm not going to, he, he's been married to me long enough to be like, he's not going to stop me. So we just went in and, um, and it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's gone from there. Did you have this, I, I get the sense that you had this feeling of, uh, I don't want to say coming alive, but almost like coming alive again. Like, Oh my God. This, yeah. Yeah. Totally. I think that anything, um, especially as a parent, um, and starting any new business, it doesn't matter if it was, if it's tech or anything, it turns into like, uh, this living thing, almost like another family member where you're like, you think about it, you love it, you nurture it. It's, it is like one of your children. And, um, it did feel like, oh my gosh, we have like we have this other new thing. This is so exciting, um, but this one was a thing that really was part of like a community, and it's a community that I grew up in actually, um, and moved back to to raise our kids. And um, the community itself is so special to me that it felt um, a little bit more like heartfelt, I guess, than just like another business venture. I find that so interesting. I find it beautiful that you moved back to the community you grew up in. I'm curious, you know, kind of, we discussed earlier, like kind of redefining your life and, you know, there's new characters in there and, you know, you've been a lot of evolution. Coming back. God, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Oh, no, you're good. I don't hear anything. Oh, okay, good. (laughs) Coming back to the, the neighborhood you grew up in, was there any... Were you able to kind of be you in this newly redefined life? Or was there any sort of like apprehension around, I don't know if I'm going to be welcomed back into this, you know, the No, the I was so excited to come to come home. Um, our, our neighborhood has really changed a lot, I think. Um, it, I mean, Seattle has changed so substantially from when I was a kid. Um, but Amazon is like completely taken over downtown and our neighborhood is the closest um like it's not suburban by any means but it's the closest like family neighborhood with like houses instead of townhouses or condos. Sure. Um it's the closest family neighborhood to downtown. So um the pri- housing prices up here have skyrocketed. I think a lot of older families um from like my childhood have moved out and a bunch of um Amazon families essentially moved in and it's become a much more, it's become a brand new community kind of, um, which is one of my like missions kind of in starting, um, the, the marketplace. And we can, I'm sure we'll talk about that, but, um, mainly in becoming a business owner in the community was to still retain this like small community vibe that we used to have. Um, because it's certainly, you know, buildings are going up, it's so much bigger than it was when I lived here, um, but it still has the sweet sense of um, of community, um, and I kind of want to make it my mission to not not let that kind of go with with everything else kind of getting bigger and and newer and whatever. Sounds like that might be your mission. Totally, it totally totally is. <laughs> my husband thinks I'm going to try to turn our neighborhood into a um like a township that i'm gonna end up being like the mayor of my little town (laughs) from a store to a town totally i was like maybe we'll see well so how did you yeah qa marketplace this Mm -hmm. collaborative space with with 10 women-owned businesses how do you you know how did you go about that seems like a big deal like there's a lot to manage there yes oh god and I love women in business. I am a woman in business, but entrepreneurial women were in this space because you want to break rules. You want to push boundaries. And that dynamic personality, putting 10 of 
those dynamic personalities in one building and then me having like the impossible job of essentially like navigating them or managing them was nothing I <laughs> anticipated. <laughs> I was like, oh God, sometimes I'm like, what am I doing? But there are other times that I'm like, it, it's so it's so beautiful to see collaboration happen um, and um, kind of like team bonding um, when you're like a sole proprietor or when you work by yourself. Um, and I think women in business come up with more of a challenge um, than, not to say this in a bad way, but to men, because we have to break in the center of our careers to have children. And there is this, sure. you know, you end up um, kind of getting pulled different ways. So one thing I was noticing with um, a lot of women I was meeting just in my children's store, people would come in and they'd be like, oh, you know, I had my kids and I quit my career and now I'm trying to figure out what my second thing is going to be. And, um, you know, figuring out something to do with children, but you still have to be a good mom and pick them up after school and all this. And I was like, totally, this is why I ended up with the children's store, which I, um, you know, this kind of just oddly occurred. Um, but I, the same kind of um, trend kept happening and people would just say like, I need the second career, but I don't know how to do it and maintain my parenting kind of responsibility. Um, so I had a ton of space. My um, my old children's store was um, like 5,000 square feet, which is massive and was um, was bigger than I than I really wanted. Um, and it's multiple. We have three three levels is, is our building. So oh, wow. I was like, I know it's huge. And the third floor was an apartment. The second floor was retail and the first floor was retail. And I kicked around the idea of turning the second floor just into multiple spaces. So other women who were looking to do a similar thing, particularly other moms, could come, have a space. We could share retail kind of traffic, but it could be a space they felt comfortable bringing their kids. And knowing that you have six other moms in your building that could, you know, help out. Or if you're on a phone call, be like, hey, can you grab Wally? I need to, you know, do X, Y, Z. Um, and it was kind of just like a experiment at the beginning. Like, let's see if anybody else could, you know, could use this. Um, and it really kicked off. People were really excited. We had an immediate waiting list. Um, I ended up actually closing down my, this is kind of a, a fast narrative. We had a flood. It was terrible. I had to close down our store for four months to repair things. And, um, by, I mean, kind of coming back to reflection, when I came back to, um, when I came back to just thinking like, okay, what, you know, what is making me happy? What, where, where do I want to go with this, this idea? Um, the thing that was the coolest was really just this like collaboration and seeing other people's dreams like kind of take off. And, um, my role turned into almost more, I hate the term incubator, but it kind of was like, um, this platform to help people, um, you know, put, take, take their ideas and turn them into, you know, reality. So, um, I closed the children's store and then turned the entire building into, to these smaller spaces. Um, and then would help them kind of collaborate on marketing and events and, um, and that's kind of molded into what it is now. We actually, all three, um, uh, all three levels are all um, office space now, not office space, but um, studio space, rental space. And we have 10 women total. Um, and then, gosh, when uh, just last in September, my anchor store um, moved out and I was kind of like, am I ready to get back into retail? Um, and I was. So then we opened up Willa, our lifestyle shop. And uh, it's just been, it's been really cool. It's been such a weird transition, but it's really been awesome. What is your daughter's reaction to having a store named after her? That has she to be was so fun. stoked. And her little preschool, they would walk by our store all the time. Oh, and so no. she would <laughs> she walks she would walk by and she's always been a, a, a spitfire. She's always been um, you know, larger than life. And um when she was like three, she or no how old she I guess she would have been four. Um, when she walked by and she was like, Hey, everybody look at my building. Like she was so like, she's like, look at that. My name's on the, on the windows. And I was like, <laughs> Oh God, 
Willa. Um, but no, she thinks it's very cool. My son was kind of like, hey, how come she gets like a store named after her? And yeah, I was seriously. Like, yeah. I was like, do you want a, you know, women's cashmere shop to have be named after you? And he was like, no. <laughs> I was like, okay. When I come up with something slightly more, you know, interesting <laughs> for you, we'll name it Kellen. <laughs> I didn't realize the Willa, the store was so recent. So, I mean, um, almost a year old. Yes. Yeah. In September, it'll be a year. Um, And God, like, you know, right when we were were getting traction and we were so excited and then we like, you know, closed down and we were like, oh, but we're back open to in a very limited capacity um, and, uh, kind of getting creative about how we're going to, um, you know, continue to get out there and, um, and market to our customers without doing it as, um, you know, as much in person as we would like to, but, um, yeah, it's, it's been really cool. So not where I would have anticipated when I think about like that first day that they were like, Hey, you want to buy a children's store? Um, I would have had no idea that this is where it would um, would have gone, um, but I'm so excited it did. It, it fascinates me because retail, I've always felt traditional retail, and I have no experience with it. I have yeah. experience with digital selling, but traditional retail always feels like an extra challenge because, like you mentioned, the foot traffic having to get people physically in your store and then having to get them there every day and all that seems like, uh, you know, uh, just a whole world I'm unfamiliar with. Yeah. And it seems like such a challenge. But, you know, someone like yourself, I think, is probably very successful at that kind of challenge. It, oh, thanks. It It is, it's something that I'm constantly learning. Um, I don't think, I mean, I think people are really good at that and some people aren't and I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, I think that I'm naturally a people person. Like I love talking to people, um, and, and I love our community. So, um, it was a pretty easy marriage to, um, to, I guess, just kind of like self promote. That's a terrible, terrible, but it's, um, I'm constantly talking about like, Oh, like you should come in or I'm at the grocery store and I'm like, hello, have you like, I'm that person (laughs) and the grocery store line. Sure. Um, And I think that that works really well in a small community, Um, especially, I mean, like anything that you're really, really passionate about, you know, you just, uh, you talk about it a lot. Um, The the thing that has been fun with the marketplace is being able to kind of co-market things. So all of us have um, the same general demographic. And that was kind of one of the pieces of building um, the, this concept um, was actually after Fred, you know, Fred Siegel, the department store in LA. No, I'm not familiar. Oh, they, they started, um, in 1973 and as, uh, Fred Siegel just had a denim line and he, instead of having his own store that just, he was responsible for bringing, you know, customer, a customer base in front of, or, or two, um, he found, 10 other small shops that were, um, like, like minded or in the same, um, with that shared the same demographic. And he built this massive department store that is still in Los Angeles. It's very successful. It is famously in the movie clueless. And, uh, they, that was the first time I was introduced to Fred Siegel. Uh, but it was, it was a fascinating, um, like way essentially to start this department store um, was just trying to share demographic to have other people um, bring in um, their customers. And if that happens to work for you, that's great. So um, that's kind of the coolest thing that has come out of like the marketplace things is even if I am not marketing something necessarily that day, somebody upstairs is and they walk right through my store to get there. And they're like, oh yeah, that happens to work for me because we're all talking to, you know, women in their thirties essentially is our shared demo. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been, it's been cool to see that kind of happen. I love that collaborative aspect of it. That's a great example. They have to walk through other stores to get to that store and you're all in it together. You're all supporting each other. Yeah. You, um, I'm so curious, your husband, Paul, how did you two meet? On, uh, the soccer field actually. Oh, this is too perfect. <laughs> I know. He and he he was just saying this to somebody this last weekend. I um 
he's a really good soccer player. He played in um, college at Occidental. And uh, he was, yeah, he was running. I, we were both actually subbing for a co-ed team. And he was running and I looked at him and I was like, he looks like, this is the weirdest thing. But I was like, he looks like he was gonna be the cutest old man. Like he, for what, something in my brain, it's the weirdest thing. But I was like, he looks like he's gonna be the cutest little old man. And my husband's like five, six, he's this tiny Italian guy. I have always, not that it matters, but I have dated, I've tended to date um, two really tall guys. And so like, he didn't look like the average dude I would date and he's so cute. He looks exactly like Marky Mark. Um, it's bizarre at times. Um, but I just remember thinking, he's so cute. He's going to be the cutest little old man. And he, and I never hit on people. That is not my jam. Um, I wait to be like flirted with. Um, but he got off the soccer field and I was like, I got to talk to this guy. And he's like heavy breathing, like waiting to go back in or to sub back in. And I was like, so are you into like music? Like just a total idiot but I was like I don't know how to do this and also I had been like out the dating game for a long time um because I just had a child and you know I hadn't really returned to dating sure and he was like kind of looked at me like huh and he was like yeah I guess and I was like cool (laughs) and then I just was like that was it (laughs) I didn't say anything else and I like went back to my car and I was like after the game and I was like, oh, Liz, you just blew that. You're such a dork. You're never going to date again, you, but whatever. Um, And like after a couple more games that we played together, he, a girlfriend of mine actually, um, after, after the game was like, Paul, what's your type? Would you ever date like a girl with kids? And it was like, she was, she had told me, she's like, I'm going to be so smooth. I'm going to be so cool. He's like. Because I was like, just we don't even know if he's single or not. And then she was like, yeah, so this is what I said. And I was like, Katie, that's so not smooth. He like clearly knows because Kellen comes to games with me. I was like, he knows that you're talking about me. But, you know, here nor there, he ended up giving me his number. And it was just, you know, history from there. Turns out he was fine with kids. He was fine with kids. Yes. Yeah. The first time this makes me sound... uh not like the nicest girl, but the first time he stayed the night at my house and Kellen uh, was clearly there, um, he, Kellen woke up in the morning at like <laughs> 5 a.m. and came into my room and was like, hey. And Paul was like, uh, hey. Clearly not ever in an experience that he like has been woken up by a child because he's never, he never dated a girl with kids. Sure. And Kellen was like, so, um, and he was two. And he was like, so um, you want to play baseball? And it's five in the morning. And Paul was like, okay. (laughs) He got up and started playing baseball with Kellen in my living room. And I was like, oh, this guy is special. Like, this is, this is so cool. So. Oh, that is so sweet. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I imagine, was there any, like, apprehension around, you know, like asking, oh, you know, does find out if he likes kids, but like around that, like, oh my gosh, I have a kid. Is this going to totally tank it? Like, should I not, you know, totally. should I hold off on that, that subject for a while? Totally. I, I didn't know what it was going to be like to enter back into like the dating world period. Um, and I definitely, I mean, because I met him like on the soccer field, he knew I had a kid, um, that because he because my kid was around all the time like I you know if I wanted to go play um a soccer game Kellen would just have to come with and whoever was on the sidelines would like hang with Kellen as everybody else is playing like it really was like uh he he was my he's my right hand man he would he would go everywhere with me so um there was never really like a question of um or he I never had to go through an experience of being like so just so you know, I have children or yeah. a child. Um, it just kind of was what it what it was. And um, and he was okay with it. I mean, I think I've asked him, like, you know, was that weird? And he was like, kind of, I guess. But, you know, it just, it also just was what it was. And he was interested in, um, you know, in spending time with me. And like I said earlier, I, you know, you think that your child is so advanced and the coolest. But I was like 
dude, it's like you're getting like a two for one deal here, man, because I have such a cool kid. And uh, and they got along so well that I think that that's kind of how Paul felt, too, is um, it was it was like a yeah, it, it wasn't a bad thing at all. He was he was so stoked to get to to end up with us both. And it strikes me that he is probably, you know, thinking about that, you know, redefinition of what a, you know, a relationship looks like or a family looks like. Like he was, seems to be someone who was not picking a side there. He wasn't someone who was like, you know, there's a conventional path and I'm sorry, you've stepped outside that. I don't think I can consider stepping outside of it. Like he totally. seems like very on the same mindset you are yes. with that. And I actually, I, he had, his parents were, um, his parents are now divorced, but, um, had, they had been together, you know, all through high school and, um, into college. And like, you know, he, he had, a, a very like normal upbringing, his, like he had an upper middle-class family, a one brother, they lived in the same house forever. Like, um, their, his parents had very traditional roles. Um, and I was kind of surprised to find that out um, because it actually made me kind of nervous to meet his family because I was like, oh, God, are they going to be like, you've ruined our perfect oh, boy yeah. that should have had the conventional life. Um, but he but he wasn't I, I, I kind of thought that he would have come from a more um, like had a more diverse background kind of because he was so accepting of like of ours. And um, and yeah, he wasn't. And his family is so cool. Like his family is, is just the very best. And, um, and I absolutely love them, but, um, yeah, it, it, uh, it wasn't ever a thing for him, which is, which was great. Yeah. It just seems like you two, I mean, truly meant to be together, you know, like the right fit there. Like that's just really, that's, so beautiful to see. So I'm trying to Thank say. you. I don't, I am, I have never been somebody that felt like, and I still don't believe that there's like the one. Um, I think that we make choices every day to like make each other be the one. Um, and I love that. Yeah. That's such well, a nice perspective. It feels perspective. so much more romantic to me. Like I think that I, I was talking to a girlfriend about this uh, a, a while ago and just that like the idea of like, falling in love and that we're like meant for one person is so lame to me because that just feels like, um, like, Oh yay. Like I, I found this person. I found my magnet. Like that's great, whatever. But like, if that's the case, like that would just be so not easy, but it would just be so like, well, okay. Like you found the one now you're done. Like the act of like, actually choosing somebody every day and like being like, there are tons of people that you could be with. Like, you know, you're great. I'm great. We're all great. But being like confident in who you are and then knowing that that person is as well and that you still show up every day and say like, okay, you're my person. I love you. I'm picking you. I could pick somebody else, but I'm not going to because I really just want you. That's like so much more romantic to me is somebody you know, making a conscious effort to choose you all the time. That is so, such a beautiful way of thinking about it. I, I mean, what is there? 8 billion people on the planet now. I mean, yes. there's a lot of people. That, totally. Like, if you can't really just is... be like meant for one barf. That's the weirdest. <laughs> yeah. If it, I mean, it would take a very long time to find. Yeah. <laughs> totally. What if you took a left instead of a right that day? And then you're just never going to have your one. That's crazy. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I I think that as we get older, and I think a lot of people change also over time. Um, and it's no, I've had friends that, you know, got married early or, or young. And once they enter into like their 40s and they're like, oh, my gosh, this is this person we've we've grown just different and or, or apart. And I think that's totally fine, too. Um, I feel very lucky that we seem to be growing in the same direction. Um, and I think a, a lot of that is just making sure that we're constantly talking about like, you know, making sure that the other person is feeling like their needs are met and that, that we are like choosing to grow together. Um, which can be hard when you have kids as well. Cause as you know, you get like zero time on your own, unless you really make a, a serious effort for that to happen. 
Absolutely. And I can totally relate to that growing apart. I mean, that's basically, you know, my myself, that's what happened is you yeah. know, just growing apart, you know, not to the forties, twenties to thirties, but yeah. Um, you know, same concept. Yeah. And it's and then yeah, throwing in the children, uh it's depending so crazy. on how you handle it, yeah, can, you know, in our case maybe have amplified that, but totally. Um, yeah. And I think and there's nothing I think that we are in a day the the time that we're living in now, I hope, feels a lot less um like I hope that there's a lot less of a stigma. I feel like there is um, about like I feel like when we were growing up, if somebody got divorced, it was like oh, it was like this crazy thing. Yeah, yeah. And anymore, it's like the best thing that you can do if if you're in an unhappy place for yourself and for your kids and for your significant other is to amicably say like, hey, let's go like go be our best selves elsewhere. Like if we're not making ourselves our best selves, like what on earth are we doing? Um, and I, I, I know, and maybe it's just the age that we're getting. I see that more with our, you know, with an, in our friend circles. Um, and I'm always like, good for you. Like, I mean, it's such a, it's a brave decision to, to make, and it's not an easy one. And I think that if it's the right thing to do for you and your family, like you, you got to do it. Oh, I kind of agree more. Like you said earlier, I mean, you know, YOLO, but yes. seriously, like yeah. you really do. I mean, regardless of the phrase, you only get so much time and why exactly. in the world would you spend any more time not going in the direction you want to go in? Totally. Yeah. Ha- happiness is a, is a, is like the single most important thing I think in like our lives. Um, cause what's the point to do anything else? I mean, there, there really isn't one. Yeah. And I think, what I've thought about a lot lately is what happiness means like to you, to the person, you know, to me, to you, like figuring that out is really, it's key, but it's also like probably the hardest part. Totally. You know, like you mentioned, you feel like you and your husband are growing together in the same direction. That's a great sign. But like having done the work to figure out what that is for you. Right. And then, you know, together, that's so key. And I feel like, I think a lot of us stumble, you know, we go so long without maybe thinking about that. And then one day we feel like we woke up and thought, oh gosh, like what is, what does me being happy even mean? Absolutely. Well, and I think when we're younger, especially younger with kids, you put so much into, um, like putting a roof over their heads and making sure that they're good people. And, um, you focus so much on just like their, the necessities of, of things, um, like just caring for them. And you, I think a lot of parents feel like this, that, that, um, you're certainly on the last on the totem pole, your needs and your happiness. You almost feel guilty if you're doing things that circle around that, because you're like, if I'm doing something for myself, like, am I not providing for my child or am I not doing that to the best of its ability? Um, but yeah, ultimately then you get to a place where you're like, Oh shit, I am like, where even am I? Who am I? Um, where if you, yeah, like the best thing you can do for your kids is be a happy person. I, you know, and it is hard to figure that out. I think unless I start, I just started going to counseling. That was like my big thing is I was like, I'm going to do this thing for myself. I'm going to actually go talk to somebody to say, Hey Liz, how do you like, why do you make certain decisions or why don't you make certain decisions? And that was like the best thing. Cause then I think the person that I um, used to talk to was like, girlfriend, like who check into you? Like, when are you, how are you, how are you doing? You know, like not how is Kellen doing? Cause that would always be like, that would be like the question, like, how's your week? And I'm like, oh, Kellen started, you know, baseball and it was yeah. so cute. And I did this with him. And I remember at one point or being like, you have not even talked about yourself like at all. Like you have no, you've like lost this sense of you and you're like, oh yeah, it's cause I'm a freaking parent. <laughs> That's just how it goes. Um, that's so true. It's it's I mean, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree with you on, you know, like, um, 
finding someone, you know, therapy is something I didn't discover until very recently, much mm-hmm. later in life. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I'm like, oh my gosh, like just simply talking to somebody on a regular basis, it, it can change everything. Totally. Um, at least in my experience. So I, I can totally relate to that. And there, I feel like therapy is another one of those things that has like a stigma, like for oh, very much so. I feel like, at so, least in my circles, for sure. And I would actually say more so with men. Um, like, yeah. I, my husband and I, um, you know, obviously as we've been talking, it sounds like we're just like the sweetest always, but we have had our ups and downs. And he and I went to, we talked about going to marriage counseling, and then we ended up just doing our own things. Um, and he was like okay, I'm going to go do this, but like, don't tell anybody I'm doing this. And I was like, why? What on earth? And I, as we kind of talked about it, I think for, for men specifically, like you guys are supposed to be like tough and, you know, whatever, like all these gender stereotypes that are totally a thing that you have to go through. Um, he told, yeah, he felt like he, he couldn't go do that. He certainly didn't want his friends to know that he was doing that. He didn't really want his family to know he was doing that. And And then once he started going, he was like, oh, shit, this is great. Like, this is so cool. Why is this not something that more people talk about or do or think is okay? Because it's it's an amazing thing for everybody. Oh, I so know what you mean. That's one thing I I, having, you know, gone to therapy and um, going is trying to shed light on that, especially for men. And, you know, that it is. A t- I think of it, I, I don't know who I was talking to, someone previously in the podcast, but like it's, um oh, I think it was Tracy Samantha Schmidt, but this idea that it's almost like a vitamin, like you, when you have physical ailments or you are feeling weird physically, like you might take a supplement or a vitamin or put a bandaid, like you're going to treat it in some way mm-hmm. and maybe on a regular basis. And therapy can be like that vitamin for your mental health. Like totally. And women, men, we that. all need it. Yeah. So I know I know what you mean. That's so fun. Like I can so relate to your husband going through all that because I felt very similarly. Yeah. And then now it's like I'm like the champion, like of uh, you know, telling everyone that, you know, if, if it makes sense for you, you should find someone to talk to. Absolutely do it. Totally. Totally. That's yeah. I, I have talked to people. I mean, I feel like I talk to everybody about it <laughs> and I feel like I you'll get some people that are like, ooh, like, is there something wrong with you? And you're like, no, it's awesome. There's not. You should totally try this thing. And it, it yeah, aware, awareness should be a, we should start a campaign, <laughs> a therapy campaign. Yeah. That part you just said of, oh, is there something wrong with you? I mean, that's how I thought too. Like if you're going to therapy every week and you're talking to somebody, oh my gosh, there must be something wrong. I'm so sorry yes. to hear, you know, what's wrong. It's like, no, I just go. Yeah. Again, it's a vitamin. It's, you know, yes. I take my probiotic every morning. I take my therapy vitamin every mm-hmm. Wednesday. Like, um, yeah, I, we, I, I feel like the awareness is getting, it's so subjective. At least I feel like in my life it's become, I feel like people are more aware. Yeah. But I think younger people, it's, it's easier for younger people to get it. I think like our parents' generation, it's like such a bizarre thing. Um, or it was something that they did like on the, the, that's like the last leg before you like, you know, divorce, or it's like the last thing before it's like what you do when the car is crashing opposed to just like, and yeah, I know when I talk to my parents, they're like, Oh God, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) I'm awesome. (laughs) This is part of the reason that I'm feeling great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and truly, like you said before, truly being, you know, happy as an individual yourself. I think about your kids, you know, Kellen and Willa, you know, being, watching you as an entrepreneur in the local community, you know, with your own store, with the collaborative space, you're helping others. Like, what an amazing role model for them. And what an amazing... Oh, I hope so. Yeah. I just feel like, I always think about this in terms of like, you know, if you're mom or dad or whoever is like a musician and you know they're touring every night and i was talking to him a couple episodes ago annie clements she's uh she's a touring bassist for Marin morris now but she was with sugarland oh, wow. and stuff yeah and she just had a baby this year and like once they get back on the road after covid like they got a space in the bus she's gonna have you know um the baby come with and, oh like, my god good for her yeah and i think 
oh my gosh, like for your baby, that's just going to become normal, right? Like, totally. yeah, my mom's a touring basis. I'm on the bus. Like, this is normal for your kids. Well, yeah, my mom owns, you know, a store and she's a woman entrepreneur and this is normal life. Like, yeah. this is amazing. So it's so cool that, you know, you're doing that. I think, I, I think this day and age too, like you're just, because like, I don't know about you, but I did not realize until much later in life how much I was shaped by my parents. Oh God, and, totally. Yeah, and, and their interactions and that life together and that relationship and that role model. And so, you know, you might think it was good, you might think it was bad, but then now thinking, oh my gosh, I have children, you have children, I'm going to be that for them now. And totally. so, you know, what you're doing with the store and all that, and it's like, oh my gosh, that's such a great, um, you know, like I said, a great role model, a great example for them to look at. I, sh- I, I really hope so. I feel like that is so much of what, um, of what I, I guess try to do. Um, and that comes with the goods and, and the bad actually. And it, it, I think is probably one of the biggest, um, deters of, um, like if my husband and I are getting into an argument or something like that, we like look at these two little people and we're like, okay, what, like, how do we want them to act? How do they, how do we want their relationship to look like? Um, and, and I mean, kind of with any of the actions that, that I do, at least I try to, um, clearly it doesn't happen all of the time, but, uh, Nobody's I, perfect. I, I think, yeah, I mean, we all screw up and, and sure. that's just part of life, but, um, I definitely try to, to think about them or, um, or yeah, if I'm, if I'm saying something like if, if they were to say that, like, would I be proud of them? Um, and it's a nice reminder to be like, okay, like, yeah, you, you do have people looking, um, at you to do the right thing and to be the right person. And how would you feel if they were doing it? Or would I be proud of them if they were acting in the way I'm acting? And if the answer is no, then like maybe change your behavior, you know? Yeah. That's such a great way to look at it. Like thinking about, Hey, my actions, our actions together are affecting them. And while we do, obviously we are our own people and we want to be happy together. We have to think about how we're affecting them and potentially their future. I love that. Yeah. So when you wrote that reflection post on Instagram, um, and looking back, how did it, how did it feel kind of, like you said, the end of that decade, did it feel like, oh my gosh, I could not be in a better place right now. Like this is, or was it just kind of surreal? Like what was that feeling when you wrote that? I think it was, um, surreal is a good way to put it. I mean, I think it was more just like, um, surprised, like, like surprised in a good way, but kind of like, dang, like how cool, like just how cool is like life kind of, I felt really grateful. Um, just that life has been like working out, I guess, but in a way that like, um, that I'm really excited about. Um, and that I, I, I think the part of reflection that I try to, I guess, be good at or diligent about is, um, is taking the moment to be like, all right, here's, here's your own check-in to be like these, what you have been doing is working for you. You're, you are grateful for it. You're appreciative of, you know, of how you got to this place. And now let, like, let's make sure that that's kind of where you keep going. If, if all of your reflection is positive, kind of. Um, and I think in those times you can also say like, these are the arenas of things that I can kind of like cut the fat or stop worrying about this kind of stuff. Cause I'm, you know, I, I maybe don't want to go in this direction. Um, I think that, I mean, I think it always with like a decade and whatever, it, it's like a, a kind of forced like pause to be like, okay, let's look at our last 10 years. Um, it's exciting when you look and see how much kind of changes as well. Cause like 10 years from now, I'm going to be doing that same thing. And like, what's, what's it going to be, you know, like what, what's going to be the thing in 10 years. Um, and I think that's a positive way to kind of, um, to live because if you always are like living in um in a way that you want to like catalog that you want to go back and be like yes i did that um you'll never be disappointed with what you're doing you'll be you'll be proud of like your actions kind of um and as we even said earlier i'm such a relationship person that is um it's probably what i mean 
I think that that's one of the things, uh, well, and in my post even, I said, um, like, about friends, kind of. Um, I think that uh, relationships to me are so much more important than, like, things or money or whatever. Like, I think that that's how we can really, like, kind of value ourselves is in the people that we're surrounded by and how you treat the people that you're um, surrounded by. Um, And... I think that that's probably the biggest thing from like my reflection post that I felt really like grateful for is that I do have a really wonderful like support system that I feel really lucky to be, you know, a part of. Oh, Liz, I'm so happy for you. And thank Thank you you. so much for taking the time today. Oh my gosh, of course. Yeah. And thank you also, like I said, you're such an inspiration and thank you for being so open and just, yeah, you're such an inspiration and I, I look forward to continue to, to not only see what you're up to, but just be inspired by what you're up to. Yes, absolutely. Keep keep on keeping on with these podcasts. I think they're so awesome, um, especially because you're you're a dad as well. Like you know, you're you're taking the time to do you, and that is that is incredible. Um, but yeah, it's it's been fun catching up after all of these years. Thanks for listening to We're Only Human. Before you go, I would love to know what you had for breakfast this morning. Just send me an email. Tim at we're only human podcast.com and let me know what you had for breakfast this morning. Thanks.